Welcome to Freya's Fairy Tales, where we believe fairy tales are both stories we enjoyed as children and something that we can achieve ourselves. Each week, we will talk to authors about their favorite fairy tales when they were kids and their adventure to holding their very own fairy tale in their hands. At the end of each episode, we will finish off with the fairy tale or short story read as close to the original author's version as possible. I am your host, Freya Victoria. I'm an audiobook narrator that loves reading fairy tales, novels, and bringing stories to life through narration. I'm also fascinated by talking to authors and learning about their why and how for creating their stories. We have included all of the links for today's author and our show in the show notes. Today is part one of two, where we are talking to J. Gabriel Gates about his novels. Over the next two weeks, you will hear about his journey of writing since he was young, going from being traditionally published to self-published, going straight to readers and avoiding gatekeepers, having the freedom to do what you want with your book, selecting an audiobook narrator, using TikTok to get in front of readers and learn what they want, and weaving your story together. Girl of Hearts, Luck God Series, Book One Four tribes of ruthless demigods rule over luck in our world. Hearts, diamonds, clubs, and spades. To save her mom, Aggie must join them. A proud nerd and teen scientist, Aggie doesn't believe in gods or in luck. Her OCD is under control, mostly, and her mom, Rachel, has just finished building a dark matter machine that could win back her job as a physics professor. When Rachel disappears, Aggie's search brings her to the dangerously handsome Jack of Hearts, a demigod with the power to control luck. Rachel may have been captured by bad luck gods. To save her, Aggie must join Jack and his fellow Valentines. She finds herself whisked into their world of opulent mansions, gorgeous people, and fancy cars. But being a demigoddess isn't all glamour and popularity. It can be deadly. Aggie must master her newfound luck powers, battle the dark suits, and brave the unlucky underbelly of Detroit, all while keeping her OCD at bay, or risk losing her mom forever. Girl of Hearts is book one of the Luck God series. It is a contemporary fantasy series featuring royal intrigue, slow burn romance, and a mind bending original magic system based on the four card suits. The show is Freya's Fairy Tales, and that is in two parts. So fairy tales are something that we either read or listened to or watched movies of as kids. And also the, you know, weeks, months, years of working on your novel to then get to hold that in your hand is kind of a fairy tale for you as well. Um, So I like to start out with first thing, is there any fairy tale or short story that you remember watching or listening to or reading as a kid and did your favorite change over time? Mm, That's a good question. I I would have to say, I don't know if it's a fairy tale or more of a folk tale, but Robin Hood is one one that comes to mind for me um, just because... I don't know. I think, I think that some of the themes are so universal. Like there's a fun to it where they're like just in the woods, like having a good time playing (laughs) tricks on the rich people. But, but also, um, you know, it's weird. Like the themes that are important in those stories are still resonate today of like the Mm -hmm. fairness of rich versus poor and, you know, just leadership, you know, legitimate leadership versus illegitimate leadership. So I, I, it's, it's an interesting one. 
So did you listen to it or did you watch the Fox movie of it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it's interesting. My my mom, when I was a little kid, she read to me all the time. And I had a set of like abridged classic books. They were, Mm -hmm. it was really cool. Like I like the Count of Monte Cristo and um, Mm -hmm. all all these, like all the classic, you know, sort of, sort of stories. And I had, there there was a Robin Hood version of that. And then I also had a set of like really cool hardcover books that were illustrated by NC Wyeth. And I had a um, Robin Hood of that. And my mom would read it to me. And were Um, they different? They were different. Yeah. Different versions. So, um, so I, I, those two, I mean, I remember the Fox one more when my little brother was a kid, but I definitely, mm-hmm. I, I do re- remember that one. And then when I was a little older, the Kevin Costner, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves movie, that was, I was mm-hmm. a little more, you know, a little older and that one came out, but, um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a classic, you know. So did that one stay your favorite throughout? You just liked the, you know, went from cartoon to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, more not cartoon. Yeah, I mean, like King Arthur. I mean, in turn, well, I was in like third grade when I read The Hobbit. So I think really that it was like kind of the the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings that like mm-hmm. y- you know it's like once once you've like hit that, you're not really going back to Little Red Riding Hood. You know, it's right, like right, right. So I, I was really into Tolkien. Um, yeah, really, really into The Hobbit and. and and like just really all my spare time was like imagining pretending to be in like fantasy worlds um, <laughs> like like that there was not the proliferation of fantasy stories that there is now um but right. I, I you know really was into that that world and so at what age did you start to think i want to start writing like this oh uh, i was i was like small i was probably like you know third or fourth grade and i had a little dare folder with my like little scribbled i was like beginning a <laughs> <laughs> a, a novel based on my like pretending adventures that I, I mean I got pretty I got like 25 pages or something into the little we would be around the same like age it. if you had a dare folder I had a dare folder yeah maybe so yep yep dare folder so yeah yep and so I now you young. I was trying to count so you have three books that you co-wrote and mm-hmm, then you have mm-hmm. the ones that you're doing the girl of hearts series that you're doing now. Yep. Um, wh- how long did it take you to write the first full length one that you did? So, yeah. So I have the three that I co-wrote, I have two that are published that just, I wrote, um, mm-hmm. and then, and then the series that's coming out. So five, I have five published now and then the, the others coming out. But, um, the, the first novel I ever wrote is one that has never been published and probably <laughs> never will be <laughs> but, um it was more you know just like literary fiction I mean I always also love the kind of classic like um you know Hemingway type of uh you know great American novel uh, writers literary mm-hmm. fiction back in the day so um so I, I began tr- you know trying to write the great American novel and, and um <laughs> it was just very whatever you know your first novel so that, that will that will not be <laughs> yeah. published but my second one my second one is published that was the sleepwalkers okay. which is a, a ya horror book um, and that one is available yep. okay so the first one you were like yeah maybe maybe not for public eyes <laughs> yeah i did submit you know i i submitted it to a couple like little literary publishers and i still remember one of the pieces of feedback i got from an editor on it which was spot on which was um it's like he's like it's beautiful you know the prose is lovely he's like but it's like uh it's like a a piece of cake that's all frosting (laughs) you know and that was totally (laughs) spot on because it had really very little structure you know i was like Mm -hmm. not trying not trying to be held down by plot or anything like that it was just 
you know, beautiful writing of this like weird love story, which was just weird and had an ending that was like totally out of the blue, not foreshadowed <laughs> at all. And you're just like, okay, you know, no, no thought of market or like what people would think. It was pure art, pure art. <laughs> so you, yeah. you took Tolkien's descriptionese a little too far and left out the plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, well, it, it had a, like things happened. <laughs> like there was a plot, but it was not like <laughs> logical or like following any kind of discernible like pattern. <laughs> it would make sense. So yeah, I don't know. The first book that I wrote was about our guinea pigs. And there oh, are like nice. pictures of the guinea pig my mom saved. Like we had it. We had it. We actually like bound it ourselves. And like it was mm-hmm. for, I don't know, some school project or whatever. But um, that will never see the light of day. But I do have it. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's yeah. like nice and bound. And we like, you know, hot glued fabric around these cardboard pieces for the cover. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> you know, that will yeah. never be never be published. <laughs> yeah. I also have like a like a 200 page screenplay I wrote. And instead of having fun my freshman year of college, that's what I was doing, writing this like epic screenplay about like <laughs> this guy who had AIDS and like assisted suicide, but he like then there's this woman he falls in love with who's like love is gonna save him it's like so it's so cheesy it's like unbelievably just super you, cheesy but so freshman in college did you tell any of your friends you were uh, writing this yeah, well yeah i told i know i yeah i did tell people i was writing it i would be like they'll be like oh come out they have hang out with us i'd be like i can't i have to work on my screenplay and, <laughs> and i really believed i was gonna win an oscar for it i was very you know and, <laughs> and very, now you you don't think I'm that afraid to, I'm afraid to look at it. It's certain <laughs> things. It's just, I mean, even my work now, almost like I'm, I, I am always afraid to look at it, but then now at least I look at it and I'm like, Oh, this is, this is actually cool. Like I, I like this. I'm like pretty happy with it, but like yeah, there's still that fear of looking back. And some things I just won't go back and look at. I'm just like, no, I will not do that. <laughs> That's one. I will not crack the spine. I will not look at it again. <laughs> I don't. So I talked to one author who told me to like save copies of everything because you never know like when you might go back. And like I'm one of those like like you, I started writing and attempting to write novels young, but then I could never like develop storylines mm-hmm. and or like, you know, fully develop. I could get you know a couple paragraphs out and then the story was gone. Yeah. So I'm glad I never saved any of those because I would probably be going, what was I trying to do here? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> But also, yeah. uh, I am uh, so I ha- and I say this on literally every person I talk to. Um, I started narrating. Obviously, I mean I've read aloud for like I don't know. First book I remember reading aloud was Little House on the Prairie when I was like I don't know, probably eight or nine, because I'm like in my head I can picture the house we were at and we left there at nine, so it was before nine. Um, but I remember like reading that aloud, probably not well and probably with no character voices, but that's like the first book I remember reading and liking. And then I read all the time. I was instead of I'm going to stay inside and write my screenplay, I was I'm going to sit on the couch and read. So that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And then for the last couple of years, I mean, it's been I'm considerably older than nine now, but, um, you know, all that time, you know, the last like probably 10 years, I've been like looking for something that I could do that had to do with books. So instead of sitting on the couch writing, can I get paid to you know read these books and review them or can I get paid to like 
you know, maybe do some light editing or like beta reading or something. I, I didn't know that that was what that was called at the time. But, um, you know, can I get paid to read, basically? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And accidentally stumbled across narrating last year. Was like, hey, I can do this. So <laughs> here I am now. And the po- I have I actually have a classic fiction podcast um, that I host under a different name. So uh-huh. I am familiar with the books you mentioned because I've probably done them all. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's so cool. The proliferation of just the infrastructure to be able to create audiobooks that exists uh-huh. uh, now. It, it, you know, audiobooks are such a wonderful format and, and we're, we're so lucky to be living in the digital era that we're in yes. that people can can re, you know re, record them and that there's the infrastructure to bring them to market um it's yeah it's awesome it's really cool well, so the, it's cool that you're doing that yeah. <laughs> yeah well and then now i'm like trying to write my own novels as well and so fully i have i have better storylines now i'm more than a few paragraphs in now <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like getting to talk to, um, and we'll get to this, but I always ask, like, do you have any tips for authors? Because, you know, the I talked to someone a couple hours ago who she just published her first book, but she's going to know more than someone who hasn't published anything yet. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. And, yeah. and every one of you guys has different, you, for example, have built up a considerable TikTok following doing your Mostly goofy videos is what I see. So. <laughs> hey, I, well, I'm trying to be serious in all of them, but geez, no, I'm just um, definitely yeah. not. <laughs> there are, no, yeah, yeah, I definitely bring bring humor into it. I mean, TikTok has been uh, amazing for me, and I, I haven't been on there that long. I started just in February, so it's been okay. only a, a couple months, really. But um, I, I was seeing a lot of on Facebook groups of authors and stuff, you'll be like, Oh yeah, TikTok, TikTok. It's really, you know, really good for connecting with readers, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I'll give it a try. I think like a lot of people I pop on TikTok and it, it looks like a bunch of 15 year olds doing a bunch of like jackass type yep. of stunts. They're <laughs> like yeah. dance, dancing weirdly. You're like, uh, I don't I know, don't know why it starts me. everyone with it's the dancing starts. and the yeah. stunt. Like why? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like rapid fire and you're like, okay, I'm having small seizures. Like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, you know, I don't know. But the thing that, that, that sort of drew me into it was a lot of authors were like, man, I, I see how great TikTok is, but I'm just not comfortable being on camera. And right. for me, so my background, um, was not only writing all along, but my degree was in theater from, from college. Mm-hmm. And I lived in Los Angeles and did like TV commercials for years and stuff like that. So I was, I'm like, I'm very comfortable on camera, you know, yeah. I, I, I enjoy being on camera. Um, and so I thought, well, you know, this, this might be a good fit for me. So I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'll just give it a shot. And um, yeah, I found that I've, I've really enjoyed it. I mean, it's a powerful, powerful way to connect with readers. And I appreciate my past experience of being traditionally published and doing kind of the the whole promotional uh, milieu that existed at that time, like around 2010, where my other books were beginning to come out. Um, And, and, you know, I think if if you want to be an, as an author, really appreciate TikTok, you know, sit in a Barnes and Noble for four hours, (laughs) you know, hoping some people come through who like your genre because not to say it wasn't great. And I connected with a lot of readers that way, but you know, it's just the way it is. You might be, you might be sitting there for an hour and maybe two people come by who read your, your kind of genre, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And other than that, you're just sitting there. So to be able to instantly connect with hundreds or thousands of people who are like, 
you know, excited and engaged with what right. you do um, is really powerful and just so much fun. So I really enjoyed it. So how long did it take you to write your first full length novel, you know, out of stage <sighs> writing? Uh, <laughs> you know, that's a hard question because it was like many years ago, <laughs> it was a long time ago that I wrote that first one. I mean, I probably wrote the first draft in, uh, you know, a, a couple months, you know, maybe three months or something, but mm -hmm. then like everything I write, revise it a lot, you know, right. I, I, mi minimum, you know, minimum really. I go through something like beginning to end like three or four times before I will, will even show it to anyone, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so definitely the, the, the initial draft is the tip of the iceberg in, in terms of the work that goes into it. And so what ultimately led you to deciding to publish that? Well, oh, well, that one never got published, that one. It, oh, that's right, that's right. It never, never will. So I, I try, So your I first one that actually got published, how long did that one take you? <laughs> so that one, I mean, that was kind of weird. So I, I, so I don't know how long it took me to write it again. I don't remember, probably four months or something to write it and then re revise it for some, you know, some months after that. Um, and then I didn't get published right away. It's kind of a long story of how I actually did end up getting published. But I got a, I got a contract for the trilogy, um, it's called the Tracks series. Uh, book one is Dark Territory. And I wrote that with Charlene Keel, uh, who was a great um, writer who had done all kinds of interesting. She was like a Playgirl editor and she had a um, a uh, daytime, you know, show, uh, daytime drama of, of a book she had made that she was like a head writer on and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. so she done all this interesting stuff. And then she was sort of looking for somebody to co-write with. And I had an idea that she liked. So, and Anyway, we got we together got the contract to write that series, and then as that was taking place, so I was in the really weird position of having my first book deal without having written the book, which is just <laughs> bizarre. Right? No, no one yeah. ever has that experience. So anyway, I was like, okay, well, great, I have a book deal now. I have to write the book. So we did that, and then as that process was going forward, I was like, hey, I got some other books I wrote. You know, check out the Sleepwalkers and Blood Zero Sky, and so I gave those to the editor I was working with and they were like, Oh yeah, we, we like these books a lot. We'll, we'll totally publish these. And so that's how that all. Okay. Um, now came, Girl came of about. Hearts yeah. is Girl of Hearts traditionally published as well, or did you self publish those? This one? Yeah. Those are going to be my first indie published series. So okay. I, I'm jumping, jumping into indie publishing right now. And so what, what made you change directions with that? Well, you know, I, first of all, I, I, spent a lot of time querying and doing that whole process and, mm -hmm. um, and just, and I even, and I had an agent for a while as well and had books, you know, shopped around through an agent and stuff. Um, so I've kind of seen both sides of it. Um, mm -hmm. and for girl of hearts, it, it went to a lot of agents and I got, <laughs> I was just getting like great feedback from everybody like oh this book is great but it doesn't fit my list at this time you know like a, a lot a lot of that <laughs> and a lot of even like now to the, i'm to the point now where i'm like even like friends with a couple agents you know and they're like yeah this is great blah 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 but you know at this time i'm gonna you know so it's like okay okay fine you know and so at some point you're just like well you know you look at all these gatekeepers and you have agents trying to guess what the editor is gonna like the editor is yeah. trying to guess what the reader is gonna like or, you know, even the, the, the bookstore buyers and the bookstore buyers are guessing what the reader is going to like. It's like this game mm -hmm. of telephone. Yeah. Like, we really live in an era where you don't even need you know, all those people. You don't need all those people. And at the end of the day, having been traditionally published, I know that at the end of the day, you're right back to like 
okay, now after jumping through all these hoops with all these gatekeepers, now your, your book is going in front of readers and you have to promote it. And, and ultimately readers will decide yes, yes or no, whether that book is successful. So it's like, okay, why, you know, why, why are you going to like go through all these, jump through all these hoops, trying to get all these different gatekeepers to, um, appreciate your, your book, you know, as they try and second guess what somebody else is going to like, it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, I can short circuit all that and just go straight to readers, you know, with all the, with all the control that that has, you know, I think for years I was not as experienced in marketing as I am now. Mm -hmm. I was not as savvy with social media as I am now. I was not as confident in my, um, taste as as an artist and as a as a marketer as I am now. Mm -hmm. Um, so for example, my, the, you know, definitely my book series when it first came out, came out admittedly with like the wrong covers, you know, and the publisher was just like, eh, you know, we like these covers. What do you think? And, you know, my co-author and I were like, eh, it's different than anything else that's out there, which could yeah, be Yeah, I noticed there were thing. two different, <laughs> two different sets of covers up on Amazon. Yeah. And, and, and even the, in the buyer, the Barnes and Noble buyer, you know, was like, eh, we don't really love these covers. Like, well, we're pretty far down this path, so we'll put them out with these covers. And you know, yeah, it, it didn't it didn't go as well as it should have, you know. And so, yeah. it, part of being being indie is like, you know what? I you can do what you want. Yeah, yeah. I picked the cover, I, you know, and and you know, for some people, maybe that's not helpful if they're if they don't have that skill set to yeah to like you have but, the, the, I mean, you know taste of to pick a good cover. But you know, yeah. I mean, I talked to at the end of the day for me. I plan on designing my own, but that's something mm-hmm. that's in my wheelhouse. So, sure, but I'm sure. like, if you aren't someone that can do that, find, you know, you can look at how many different books and how many different people on TikTok that I'm sure if you ask any author on TikTok and say, hey, who made your cover? They'll tell you who made their yeah. cover so you can you know support small business or whatever. But um, yeah, I have one author that he's traditionally published but he, the first book in his trilogy, um, I start narrating his books next week. Um, but the first book in his trilogy, he didn't like the cover. So he hired for the second book. He said, hey, I'm going to make the cover myself. And they were like, OK. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. <laughs> But he didn't yeah. like you know whatever it was the publisher did for the first one and, you know, wheeled and dealed i guess for the second one to make his own cover so yeah right which which i know you know some publishers won't let you do that i know um some won't let you do that (laughs) right many most of them will not but i mean sometimes you can get some input or or approval you know permission to approve the covers Mm -hmm. and things like that but um yeah usually there's just you just have a certainly a lot less control over the creative process and also as as your own publisher the other thing is you know, you can put a book out, it can be out for three weeks and you realize that nobody likes the cover, you know, and it's not getting clicks. It's not getting sales. People aren't into yeah. it. It doesn't quite read to the genre and you can just put Fix a new it. cover on it. Yeah. You, know, you have that control. <laughs> you don't have to yeah. go through the marketing department and this department and that department and your editors meeting with the executives and this and that. Yeah. Like none of that exists. You're like, this cover's not working. Get a new cover and put it on there. You know, it's, I mean, it's kind of amazing beyond, to be able to do that. Yeah. Beyond even like the visual part of the, you know, getting them to buy it, the income side of things too, if you're not paying out all these other people. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're hiring someone to pay your cover, obviously you have to, you know, pay for all of those parts as well, but you have a little more control with picking someone within your budget, ideally someone who's good within your mm-hmm. budget <laughs> to do that as well. Now, I thought Girl of Hearts had released already, but I think I saw it's up for pre-order right, right. now. 
Correct. Yeah, it's up for pre-order. Okay. It's going to be out June 22nd. Okay, and the audiobook, because I know I saw she just finished that, so that should be up about the same time. Right, right about the same time. Yeah, okay. it's, it's in its, it's being approved by ACX right now. So yeah, it'll probably be right about the same time. Yeah, it's taken about two weeks for my last couple ones. So. Oh, really? <laughs> well, yeah. Depending on how fast they go. So, yeah. yeah, I'm like, yep. I'm like, I've got that. I'm like, it goes, it takes anytime I, I submit a book nowadays, I'm like, it's going to take either two days or two weeks, somewhere in between. <laughs> somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, within the next couple of weeks, it'll be out. Yeah. So did you know when you finished the book that you wanted it to be made into audiobook? Yeah. I mean, well, that is one of the things that was really helpful too about TikTok is like, I just, went on TikTok. I was like, Hey everybody, like, how do you enjoy your books? Like, how do you yeah. experience books? Like, do you do paperback? Do you do ebook? Do you do audiobook? And, um, one of the cool things is going straight to readers and, and about 20, so about a quarter of them said, mm-hmm. yeah, audiobook is their preferred way, you know, to experience books. And I personally, I do a t- ton of audiobooks myself. I usually mm-hmm. have a book going on my phone and I usually have an audiobook going for when I'm working out or um, driving around or cleaning mm-hmm. the house or whatever. So, um, yeah. And I just didn't want, I didn't want to leave anybody behind with this book release. I want to make right. sure that, you know, however, however you enjoy reading, um, I want you to be able to snatch up my book that way. So it was important to me to do it. So you list it up and you start getting, I mean, I imagine you had multiple auditions. What were you listening for as you're listening through these people that auditioned? Was there any like yeah. particular, like it has to nail this or like, what were you looking yeah. for? Yeah. I mean, I think it, it's an interesting process. It was my first time being through that process. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. It's also interesting for me as being an actor, having an acting background to, to listen to it. Um, the, the kind of the first hurdle for folks was just like um, sound setup. You know, there are some of them that you yeah. listen to. It, and of course it's not, it's not like edited. It's not mastered or whatever those auditions but you can tell some of them just don't have a, a great sound setup, yeah. you know, and if there's really like the sibilance are, you know, the S sounds are sounding really weird or something like that. It, you just go, uh, um, <laughs> the, the, you know, like, like, okay, I can tell technically it's not there. Um, some people it would be. Well, and some authors wouldn't notice that to be quite honest. I mean, you right, will yeah. because you have more of that background where like, I can tell you my stuff that I did at the beginning before I got this set up sounded terrible and people still paid me for it. So Sure. Well, yeah. So <laughs> sure. That that's true. I'm sure. But uh and and, and I'm sure and I hope those that some of those folks are, you know, still getting work and everything too. Right. But, but I was like, okay, I want to make sure that it's the most professional sounding that it can. And then right. another another thing that I didn't think about ahead of time that was an important determining factor was just like some people the 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 way their voice was it was like okay can i listen to this for 11 hours you know there's some people who like okay like a couple sentences you're like oh their acting is nice i like the way they're delivering that line i like this i like that but you're like okay for 11 hours and you sometimes i listen to it a couple times you know and go okay could i just you know veg out you know be on a (laughs) three-hour car ride and have this going in the background and sometimes it was like eh, no i just you know, well, it's like a certain soothing quality or something, you know. Well, and I don't know if you remember, and I don't care if you insult me on here, but I actually did audition <laughs> for your book. But I mean, and even when I reach out to authors on like social media that don't have audiobooks, I'm like, I get that you may not like my voice. And that's part of the game. I mean, at the end of the day, 
if you don't, you know, if that's not your cup of tea, that's I'm fine. I'll move on to the next one. (laughs) (laughs) I think, and I think Paige was did a great job. So like nothing against her at all. She's great, but um, it was like today's. (laughs) <laughs> like you're my first author that like I auditioned for your book and you didn't <laughs> right. hire me, but I'm like, Hey, Awkward. let's still do no, this. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. No. And I appreciate you having me on. I, I, you know, honestly, I can't remember specifically about your audition to comment on it, but I can say, so generally a couple other, one thing. One I can thing tell I you mine say, wouldn't have had bad background sound issues. Cause I'm no, no, I, I can see you're, you know, you got yeah. your setup is, is legit. That's great. Um, so so one thing that that Paige did that that was really good, just as the as you know, listening throughout her work on on there, is she had a really good knack for, um, and it's hard to describe what this is, but um, creating the, uh, for capturing the structure of the writing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She really did a good job connecting to 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 structurally what what I was doing and. Um, well, honestly, that's not something that can be learned. That's like you don't probably so. work no. with her a lot because you know she knows how you write now. Yeah, right. It just felt like when she would say a scene, I didn't have to like, I don't know, work to in, in, envision it. Like her, mm-hmm. her voice was like in sync with the, the structure of how the you pictured language. it in your head. Yeah. Much. And it's, 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 it's hard to describe what. I don't know if I'm capturing it well, but, but she, she did a good job with that. And then, and then just, of course, acting, um, acting in general. And I probably more, you know, nitpicky or picky than probably other, um, people are again, mm-hmm. because of an, an acting background of like right. just little, little things about the way certain lines are delivered or, or whatever. Now, but what I, I can say- tell you is I've seen a couple of authors list their books up and they will be very specific with this is exactly yeah. what I want, like trying to take over the narrator's job. Yours yeah. would couldn't have done that or I would not have auditioned for it because if someone's that nitpicky <laughs> yeah. up front, I'm like, I have no idea how they're going to be on the back end. But if you're. Yeah. Like, yeah. No. Well, and, and, I, and the other thing is I and also, you know, when I when I'm not doing writing stuff, I'm the executive director of a theater um, and, and a concert venue. So like I understand letting artists do their job mm-hmm. you know like in the theater i'm not i'm not in there directing the play like that's the play right. that's the director's job you know the, the choreographer right. is going to do the choreography the music director is going to do the directing. yeah i'm not going to go in and, and micromanage those things so right. um by the same token yeah like i'm not going to micromanage a narrator's job um with Paige and i there were a couple like accent things that she you know she would do an accent and she'd be like is that, is that right is that too far you know too much this too much that there were a couple of things like that that we like <laughs> dialed in together but um but yeah i think that that's part of the cool thing about um audiobooks as an art form is that um absolutely the narrator brings something to it and that's one thing that's fun as a writer is you can learn something about the character and something about the the writing by what the narrator brings to it because they mm-hmm. can bring out different different colors and they can have an an, an inflection or a, a a color of an emotion in there that you're like oh that's not really you know I I didn't I didn't necessarily see that in there but I I I, I get it now and it works I like it whatever mm-hmm. you know so it's it's a cool process it's been fun well and I feel like too um part of it is, you know, picking the narrator that you like and then trusting them to do what they want. So like what I'll usually tell people is like writing the book, that's your baby because you're the author. You wrote this book and 
if you did a good job of writing your book, not everybody does, but if you did a good job of writing your book, I should be able to read it as the narrator and picture the attitude of the characters to get the voices correct for the characters. Mm -hmm. And so that's, you know, and I'll tell authors, you know, the writing of the book is your baby. The audiobook is my baby. So you have to, you know, hope that, you know, you put this up thinking it's ready to be made. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, and so right. far, so far, I haven't had any that I had a couple like um, the scene could have been an angry scene or an emotional scene. And I read it angry and the author came back and said, hey, I really wanted that more emotional. OK, that's fine. I'll swap it out. Like mm -hmm. not that not mm -hmm. not a big deal. Um, and then I've had other authors that were like, oh, my gosh, you got to the emotional part. And it was just like, you know, we're bouncing along all this nice narrative. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, I want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but that is, you know, it is acting and it's not normal acting because obviously we've got to do all the different voices yeah, <laughs> ourselves. Yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's really, yeah, it's a, it's a challenging acting gig, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's <laughs> I'm impressed with, with people who are able to do it because it's, it's gotta be tricky. Jay Gabriel Gates liked the story of Robin Hood when he was younger. Robin Hood is a legendary heroic outlaw originally depicted in English folklore and subsequently featured in literature and film. According to legend, he was a highly skilled archer and swordsman. In some versions of the legend, he is depicted as being of noble birth, and in modern retellings, he is sometimes depicted as having fought in the Crusades before returning to England to find his lands taken by the sheriff. In the oldest known versions, he is instead a member of the Yaoman class. Traditionally depicted dressed in Lincoln green, he is said to have robbed from the rich and given to the poor. Today we'll be reading Robin Hood and the Monk. Don't forget, we are continuing the original story of Beauty and the Beast on our Patreon. Robin Hood and the Monk in summer when the woods are shining and leaves are large and long. It is very merry in the fair forest to hear the birdie's song, to see the deer draw to the dale and leave the high hills free, and shadow themselves in the green leaves under the green wood tree. It befell on Whitsun early in a May morning, the sun up fair did shine, and the merry birds did sing. This is a merry morning, said little John, by him that died on the tree. A more merry man than I am one lives not in Christianity. Pluck up thy heart, my dear master, little John did say, and think that it is a very fair time in a morning of May. Yet one thing grieves me, said Robin, and does my heart much woe, that I may not on solemn days to mass or matins go. It is a fortnight and more, said he, since I my saviour see. Today will I go to Nottingham, said Robin, with the might of mild Mary. Then spoke much the miller's son, evermore good to him be tied. Take twelve of your strong yeomen, well weaponed by thy side. Such a one who would thyself slay, that twelve dare not abide. All of my merry men, said Robin, by my faith I will not have go. But little John shall bear my weapon till I wish to draw my bow. Thou shalt bear thine own, said little John, master, and I will bear mine. And we will shoot betting a penny, said little John, under the greenwood line. I will not bet a penny, said Robin Hood, in faith, little John, with thee. But for every one as thou do shoot, said Robin, in faith I'll bet you three. 
Thus shot they forth these yeomen too, both at bush and shrub, win or lose. Till little John, one of his master, five shillings for socks and shoes. A fiery strife fell between them, as they went by the way. Little John said he had won five shillings, and Robin Hood said shortly, nay. With that, Robin Hood called Little John a liar and smote him with his hand. Little John waxed wroth therewith and pulled out his bright brand. Were thou not my master, said Little John, thou should pay for it sure. Get thee a man, whoever thou will, for thou get me no more. Then Robin goes to Nottingham, himself mourning alone, and Little John to Mary Sherwood the paths he knew every one. When Robin came to Nottingham, certainly and without lie, he prayed to God and mild Mary to bring him out safe one more time. He went into St. Mary's church and kneeled down before the cross or rood. All that were inside the church beheld well Robin Hood. Beside him stood a great-headed monk, I pray to God, woe unto he, for he recognized good Robin as soon as him he did see. Out of the door he ran, at once he did run, all the gates of Nottingham he made to be barred every one. Rise up, he said, thou proud sheriff, hurry up now with a bound. I have spied the king's felon, forsooth he is in this town. I have spied the false felon as he stands at his mass. It is all your fault, said the monk, it's from us he does pass. This traitor's name is Robin Hood, under the greenwood lined. He robbed me once of a hundred pounds, it is never out of my mind. Up then rose this proud sheriff, and quickly he prepared. Many was the mother's son, to the church with him did fare. And at the doors they thoroughly thrust with staves for every one. Alas, alas, said Robin Hood, now miss I little John. But Robin took out a two-hand sword that hanged down to his knee. There where the sheriff and his men stood thickest, toward them then went he. Thrice through at them then he ran, forsooth to you I say, and wounded many a mother's son, and twelve he slew that day. His sword upon the sheriff's head certainly he broke in two. The smith that made this, said Robin, I pray to God give him woe. For now I am weaponless, said Robin, alas, against my will. Unless I flee these traitors now, I know they will me kill." Some fell in swooning as if they were dead and lay still as any stone. None of them kept their heads except for Little John. Stop your wailing, said Little John, for his love that died on the tree. Ye that should be doughty men, it is a great shame to see. Our master has been hard beset before and yet escaped away. Pluck up your hearts and leave this lament and listen to what I shall say. He has served Our Lady many a day, and very well surely. Therefore I trust in her especially, no wicked death shall die he. Therefore be glad, said little John, and let this morning be, and I shall be the monk's downfall with the might of mild Mary. And if I meet him, said little John, it will be him versus me. Look that ye keep yourselves over by the meeting tree under the small leaves well, and spare none of the venison that goes in this vale. Forth then went these yeomen too, little John and much together, and stayed at much uncle's house, the highway was near as ever. Little John stood at a window in the morning, and he looked forth from an upstairs room. He saw where the monk came riding, and with him a little page too. 
By my faith, said little John, to much, I can tell thee of tidings good. I see where the monk comes riding. I know him by his wide hood. They went into the way, these yeomen both, as courteous and gracious men. They asked news of the monk as if they were his friends. From whence come ye, said little John, tell us tidings, I you pray. Of a false outlaw called Robin Hood was taken yesterday. He robbed me and my fellows both of twenty marks and seven. If that false outlaw outlaw be taken, forsooth that would be heaven. So did he me, said the monk, of a hundred pounds and more. I was the first to get my hands on him, you may thank me therefore. I pray God thank you, said little John, and we will when we may. We will go with you with your leave and bring you on your way. For Robin Hood has many a wild fellow, I tell you uncertain. If he knew ye rode this way, in faith ye should be slain. As they went talking by the way, the monk and little John. John took the monk's horse by the head at once and anon. John took the monk's horse by the head, forsooth you to I say. So much did the little page, for he should not escape away. By the throat piece of the hood, John pulled the monk down. John was not afraid of him, he let him fall on his crown. Little John was so angry and drew out his sword so fast. The monks saw he should be dead. Lord mercy, did he gasp. He was my master, said Little John, that thou hast chosen to fell. Shall thou never come at our king for to tell his tale? John smote off the monk's head, no longer would he dwell. So did much the little page for fear lest he would tell. There they buried them both in neither bog nor heath. And Little John and much together bear the letters to our king. Little John came in unto the king, he knelt down upon his knee. God save you, my liege lord, Jesus watch over thee. God save you, my liege king, to speak John was truly bold. He gave him the letters in his hand, the king did them unfold. The king read the letters immediately and said, I say to thee, there was never yeoman in merry England I longed so sore to see. Where is the monk that thee should have brought, our king did say. By my truth, said little John, he died along the way. The king gave much and little John twenty pounds and certain, and made them yeomen of the crown and bade them go again. He gave John the seal in hand to place in the sheriff's palm, to bring Robin to him and no man do him harm. John took his leave from our king, forsooth to you I say. The nearest way to Nottingham to take he went that way. When John came to Nottingham, the gates were all barred tight. John called up the porter, he answered him all right. What is the cause, said little John, thou shut these gates so fast? Because of Robin Hood, said the porter, in deep prison he is cast. John and much will scarlet, forsooth to you I say. They slew our men upon our walls and assault us every day. Little John asked after the sheriff and found him very soon. He opened the king's privy seal and placed in his hands the boon. When the sheriff saw the king's seal, he took off his hood anon. Where is the monk that bore the letters he said to little John? He is so pleased with him, said little John, for sooth to you I say. He has made him abbot of Westminster, a lord of that abbey. The sheriff made John good cheer and gave him wine of the best. At night they went to their beds and every man to his rest. When the sheriff was asleep, drunken of wine and ale, little John and much forsooth took their way unto the jail. Little John called up the jailer and bade him rise anon. He saw Robin Hood had broken the prison and out of it was gone. The porter rose anon for sure as soon as he heard John call. Little John was ready with the sword and stabbed him through to the wall. 
Now will I be the jailer, said Little John, and took the keys in hand. He found the way to Robin Hood and soon had him unbound. He gave him a good sword in his hand to protect his body and crown. And there where the walls were lowest, anon they did jump down. Then the crock began to crow, the day began to spring. The sheriff found the jailer dead, the town bell did he ring. He made a cry throughout the town, whether he be yeoman or knave. Whoever could bring him Robin Hood, a reward he should have. For I dare never, said the sheriff, before the king do come. For I do, I know for certain, forsooth he will have me hung. The sheriff made to search Nottingham both the street and alley, as Robin was in Mary Sherwood as light as leaf on tree. Then bespake good little John to Robin Hood did he say, I have done thee a good turn for an ill, repay me when thou may. I have done thee a good turn, said little John, for soot thee to say. I have brought thee under the greenwood line, farewell and have a good day. Nay, by my truth, said Robin, so shall it never be. I make you the master, said Robin, of all my men and me. Nay, by my truth, said little John, so shall it never be. But let me be your fellow, said little John, nothing else do I care to be. Thus John got Robin Hood out of prison, certainly without lie he had. When his men saw him whole and sound, forsooth they were very glad. They filled up on wine and made him glad under the leaves so small in the vale, and ate pasties of venison that was so very good with ale. Then word came to our king how Robin Hood was gone, and how the sheriff of Nottingham does never look him upon. And bespake our comely king, and in anger high to see. Little John has beguiled the sheriff, in faith so has he me. Little John has beguiled us both, and that fool well I see. Or else the sheriff of Nottingham high hanged should he be. I made him yeoman of the crown, and gave him money with my hand. I gave him security, said our king, throughout all merry England. I gave them security, then said our king, I say this all to thee. For sooth such a yeoman as he is one, in all England are not three. He is true to his master, said our king, I say by sweet St. John. He loves better Robin Hood than he does each of us upon. Robin Hood is ever bound to him, both in street and in stable or stall. Speak no more of this matter, said our king, but John has beguiled us all. Thus ends the tale of the monk and Robin Hood, or I'm amiss. God that is ever a crowned king, bring us all to his bliss. Thank you for joining Freya's Fairy Tales. Be sure to come back next week for the conclusion of J. Gabriel Gates' journey to holding his own fairy tale in his hands, and to hear another version of his favorite fairy tale.